Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm going to get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's going to make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice? Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. Welcome, everybody, to Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Shukapadia here at uh, about 1030 local time. At Lincoln Financial Field in South Philadelphia, the Eagles with a impressive 17 to nothing victory. Moving on to London with nothing but good vibes at four and three, preparing to maybe enter the bye at five and three. Looking good. NFC East is all theirs. I thought this team could go on a run, Bo. I said it during the week, and this was the first time all year I thought everything came together. Defense pitches a shutout against Cam Newton. I thought they pressured him. I thought the cornerbacks played well offensively. Oh man. Carson Wentz on fire. Those big plays, five pass yeah. plays of 20 yards or more. Alshon Jeffries got the juice. Zach Ertz is, is you know, putting in one of the best tight end seasons in NFL history. What a game. Unbelievable. Crowd was good. Nice fall weather. And, yeah, you see what happened to the Jaguars today against the Texans. They lose, so you should be favored in that game next week. Maybe five and three. Uh, like you said, going into the bye, things are looking up for this football Got team. Got a chance to dust off my uh, various British accents coming up. It's going to be a good time. Oh, wait a second. What, was there? Did they play a fourth quarter? Some people did. Oh, <laughs> some people Not did. Not everybody. All right. So the Eagles, <laughs> Sheil, blow, completely <laughs> collapse. Blow a 17-point fourth quarter lead. They lose 21-17. A collapse of epic proportions, and I think fair to say the worst loss of the Doug Peterson era. I'm, I'm trying to think about this. Obviously, there's no loss last year. That right, and I think the, the, first year, the stakes were not nearly as high in the first year. You know, you're, you're incorporating... What makes uh, it worse than the Titans' loss to you? Uh, they had potentially put the titans loss in the rearview mirror mm, okay. uh, they, right. they they blew 17 point lead in the fourth quarter it was just uh, i believe a 14 point lead in the second half against the titans and then they had a chance to even after that that bone job they had a chance to win it at the end and still couldn't do it i think i agree with you because they were playing at home yeah, uh, you're right. You could, you had the narrative of oh they they put that Titans loss behind them. Uh, they're getting things together. All that the Titans thing you could chalk up to kind of one of those quirky, weird uh, road losses that happened throughout the course of an NFL season. So I hadn't thought about that before. But you're right. Can I, can I change my day after piece and include that little nugget? Worst loss of the Doug Peterson era. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I put it in the breakdown. You can use okay. it. All right. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. Uh, so uh, I don't even know where do we where do we start here? Do we do we treat the first three quarters as something separate? Who do cares? We, yeah, who cares? Right? Well, yeah, no one cares. I mean, we, that's a footnote at the very end if we want to talk about. Well, it. why don't we just you know you wrote about it in the day after yeah. you've got the blow by blow? Why don't you take us through? Okay, and then I'll give you uh, any thoughts if I have them. Okay, sounds good. So they take a seventeen nothing lead. They put together that uh, you know tremendous maybe the drive of the year seventeen plays. 94 yards. They take over nine minutes off the clock. Your boy Dallas Goddard with the touchdown. That's it's right. like exactly what you want at that juncture. Second longest of the game. touchdown drive of the season for the Eagles, I believe. There you go. Uh, things are looking up. And then for the first time all game, really, the Panthers start moving the football. The Panthers, the Panthers were doing nothing on offense nothing. the entire game. Cam Newton, 24 passing yards, I believe it was, in the first half. Woof. I mean, at one point through the first three drives, he was one for five for six yards. They just looked like a uh, a lifeless group, you know? It's, it really did. You know, we joked in the beginning, but that's how I was feeling. I was like, in my head, I'm kicking myself. Oh, I should have, you know, I should have picked the Eagles to blow them out. Yeah. I thought that this could happen. I thought that they were ready to go on a run. What was I thinking? Uh, and so they put together that drive. So then the Panthers start moving the ball a little bit. There was a third down where they hit DJ Moore for 16 yards. It looked like Malcolm Jenkins 
lost him. And then there was a, it was a really methodical drive. You know, there was no one huge play on that first scoring drive. They scored on the touchdown to Curtis Samuel. It was that 14-yarder misdirection. I mean, the entire Eagles defense on that play was just completely yeah. fooled. Like, Camus Grugier-Hill might still be looking to find where the ball is when you watch the replay. All of their linebackers, Avante Maddox, didn't know what was going on on that play. It was nice design by the Panthers. You know, I don't think it was panic mode at that point. And you say, all right, they put together a long drive. I think it was like 11 plays. It took them a while. The offense can't be stopped right now. The offense they'll, can't be stopped. get some points. And so it's not that big of a deal. It's 17-6. to six. Now, Doug Peterson has, says he, has said he wants to be aggressive. Yep. So they come out. They, they, they're throwing the ball on their next drive. And I thought this was one of the first sort of key plays of the meltdown was when Carson Wentz, uh, a delayed blitz by Luke Keekley, he tries to get rid of the ball. Officials call it a sack. What would you think? Replays showed it looked like his knee had not touched the ground yet. Yeah, I think that's one of those calls where uh, – Two or three years from now, they they give him a chance. You know, they wouldn't. I don't think they would have called that dead if it was Cam Newton back there. Why well, you think he hasn't earned it yet? Or huh? if it was Ben Roethlisberger Jordan back there? Jordan rules. I'm not saying he hasn't earned it. I'm saying the refs haven't given him that yet. Uh, and I think I, I think he should have on merit earned the right to not have been called for a sack there. But I mean, they called it. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was that they blew the whistle. Oh, was it not in the grasp? They just said that his knee was down? I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. it, it was one or well, the other. I don't other. know either. Either way, they call this. So we're both very informed. Yeah, they call a sack. It was second and 11. That makes it third and 18. They don't get it, and they're forced to punt there. It was like a six-play drive. That wasn't a totally disastrous drive. You use some clock. You're okay there. Then the Panthers get the ball back, and this is when I, I thought things really began to fall apart. You know, they have that 28-yard completion in the middle of the field to Jarius Wright. The Panthers had one explosive play through the first three quarters, and it was that run. Yeah. Fourth and qu- what was it, one pass play completed over 20 yards in the air all season long coming into this game? I think it was two. Okay. And in the fourth quarter alone, three explosive plays for the Carolina Panthers. Now, I'd have to look at the film, Bo, but it looked like on the highlight replay that I watched, like they were in that garbanzo bean Mm-hmm. Cover two invert defense on that twenty-eight yard. Really? Completion. Again, have to oh, take a look man. at. Looked like Avante Maddox jumps up. Mills and Darby are on their sides. The middle of the field is wide open, as we've seen so many teams. You know, the Titans specifically, but other teams also due to the Eagles, and that's a twenty-eight yard completion. So they get an explosive play there, and then we talked about the. Did I not talk about the Ronald Darby Devin Funches matchup? You did. However, Use, and and as this was, as uh, Funchass calls takes in this touchdown. Well, explain said, that. Well, <laughs> last year <laughs> down in Carolina, the press box announcer kept calling him Funchass. Funchass. For people that don't, I don't even know if people know this. So the yeah. press box announcer, like you have the PA system, but then there's a press box announcer who, to us, is just sort of dictating. What's happening on each know, who's play? Who's the ball carrier? Who's Who made the, the tackle? Pass, right. Uh, what? What? Uh, you know. Yardage what's the down line, and distance? How yeah. many yards were gained? You know, just to help out reporters. Uh, <laughs> and he called. He kept calling him Devin Funchass last year. And of course, that was hilarious to us. And we may have even mentioned it on the post game podcast. But I, you know, completely forgot about yeah. it in my entire existence until today. The press box announcer gave him a Funchess. Funchess. Why isn't it just Funchess? I thought it was Funchess. So do I. There was a little Funchess, fun, though, I feel there like. There was too. an occasional Funchess, and uh, then there was a Funchess. A different press box, so yeah. that was us. Now, when I talked about that matchup during the week, I said, you know what? Contested catches. That's, that's the name yeah. of Funchess's game, is you throw it up to him. He's got a height advantage against Darby. I mean, he's not good. That could be an issue. And then what happens here? I mean, what do you, all you need to do as a defense here is... Make them use clock and keep them out of the end zone. So what does Ronald Darby do on a second and three? Little slant, double move, jumps on the slant. Like Funches leaves him in the dust. Yeah. Funches cannot match his athleticism. Darby bites on the double move, slips, wide open, 18-yard touchdown. I mean, there's 408 left in the game here. You're up 17 to 6. This is the last time to be biting yeah. on a double move. It's yeah. terrible situational awareness. It's like Jalen Mills against the Vikings with Adam Thielen. 
these cornerbacks, either we blame the coaching or we blame the cornerbacks, whatever you want to blame, like that is losing football right there. I think that's well said. And then, so they get the ball back. The Eagles get the ball back. Mm. Okay, four minutes left. Let's get a couple first downs. You know, it was a nice little effort by the Panthers to get back into this game. But we've got Carson Wentz. We're rolling. Let's, let's pick up a couple first downs. Not so fast, my friend. The first play, I don't know if it was a screen or just a short power. It might have been an RPO to Nelson Aguilar there. I think it was there. an RPO, yeah. Uh, that picks up two yards. Oh, no, I think it was just a quick pass. Anyway, go okay. ahead. Then they run the screen to Wendell Smallwood. That goes nowhere. The screen screen game has been very up and down. I mean, they've had a few nice ones. It was bad for most of the season. Last week it was very good. Today, even they had some nice ones. Yeah, then they had a you know a really nice one called back. They had a really nice one called back. But I mean, that's the that's what you're calling there. I don't know what exactly happened on the play. Yeah. Yeah. I think there might have been some buzz from the Panthers locker room that like the Eagles ran that same screen in the first half, oh. and this time they were ready for it. Oh, okay. I don't know. We, I, I think I heard, I don't know who, one of the reporters maybe mentioning that, so that's something we can look into. Uh, but then third down, Carson Wentz just bobbles the snap. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. It was a good snap. Yeah. It wasn't a bad snap. That throws off the timing. You know, Doug Peterson said point blank, blank, blank. After the game. Point blank. <laughs> he said, you know what my, my uh, you saw Lila yesterday, two and yeah. a half year old, she has this toy guitar, and this is like my favorite <laughs> word. So I'm, I'm like, do you want to play with you? She goes, where's my retag? She can't say guitar. Retag. Retag. <laughs> she said, That's pretty good. I said, can you say guitar? Retag. And I go, retag. And she goes, no, retag. That's very <laughs> funny. Because I don't say it anyway. That's great. My favorite uh, 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 story of... My niece, who is a similar age to Leela, my uh, my brother-in-law will, you know, if she's got a stuffy nose, he'll hold her, he'll pinch her nose and say blow, yeah. and she goes, blow. <laughs> she doesn't do good. anything with her nose. That's like impossible to get a kid <laughs> to blow their nose. That's the hardest thing. All right. So Doug Peterson says, we had an opportunity on third down, Alshon, 24, James Bradbury for them, came back and really recovered well. Alshon was wide open, and 24 just came back and got a hand in there late and knocked the ball away. Mm. Otherwise, we're on the field at that point, too. So that's great accountability from your... uh... (laughs) Actually, I think he was just being honest. Yeah, I think they did have a good play called, and it it was hard to tell totally from the uh, TV replay. Well, and the timing wasn't just off. The throw was also behind him. It was like a wobbler. Yeah. It was one, maybe his worst throw yeah. of the game. So yeah. Well, not his worst throw of the game. Not his worst throw of the game. So he had the bobble and then a bad throw. And so what looks like a potential third down conversion ends up being an incompletion. And you have a three and out that took uh, 151 off the clock. Now, do you have an issue with them not running the football on that drive? I do not. I do not. Get okay. the first down. Just on third down or for the whole drive? The whole drive. Okay. I don't have a problem right. with it. Uh, you know, well, I mean, the, the, the quick pass to Aguilar is basically a run. You're, you're doing that because it keeps the clock moving. So you can't really get on them for that. Then they call a screen that keeps the clock moving too. So no, I don't, I do not get on them for not running the ball at all. I agree. If anything, I get on them for not being more aggressive. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same way. I think this will probably be a talking point whenever people are listening to this podcast, but they average 2.4 yards per carry on the ground. I mean, for, all in t- for, the, for the stated purpose of running the ball in that situation, that's what they did. Yes, it was high percentage passes. Right. I mean, Wentz threw seven incompletions all game long. Like, every pass was still, the chances were it was going to keep the clock moving, especially right. a screen and a short pass like that. So I don't have an issue uh, with that either. Panthers get the ball back. Eagles defense has been in this situation like nonstop. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's First really, play of the drive. It really is crazy. Uh, Eagles defense used to being, what, what was the first play of this drive? Ronald Darby drops a pick. You know what? I saw the replay. I don't think that was a legit drop. Okay. It was like barely fingertips. Okay. okay. It, was a, it was a nice, it was a good enough play by him. Others may disagree. Others may tweet at me and disagree. Okay. That's, that's what I felt seeing the replay. Three straight incompletions. You feel like, oh, the defense, you know, they had some issues there. They're going to get their stuff together, get the ball back, game over. And then maybe the play of the game. Fourth and ten, Brandon Graham, nice pressure, nice rush. Yeah. Michael Bennett, you know, Newton steps up, Bennett's right there, crushes him, 
finds Tory Smith. I mean, was that his first catch of the game? No, he had another catch. He at had least. another one. Okay. Um, however, you know, we saw Tory Smith all last year. You ever you ever seen him that open in the middle of the field like that? He had four catches for sixty one yards. Jalen Mills was on him. Man coverage. Jalen Mills said. Mills said Smith pushed off a little bit, and he slipped. I mean, I can withstand a Tory Smith push-off. Come on. This, is, this guy is, is like, how much oh, does Tory Smith weigh? fourth and ten. Oh, Tory Smith pushed me. <laughs> what are you doing? And then he misses a tackle. <laughs> well, yeah, that mean matters worse. So he, but how is he that open? He was, he was like four yards away from him, and Tory Smith was, was what? Two yards past the first down marker? Well, we got to, it might have been one powerful push. We got to watch the film. Jeez. He said it was a push and then he fell. Yeah, there's one thing we the, know about Tory Smith is that he's he's got really strong upper body strength. Yeah, like I usually think like Alshon Jeffrey, who are the other guys in the league who mm. some tight ends like Jimmy Graham, you know, yeah. Tory Smith, like those are the guys. He's got like Brandon Ingram arms. Yeah. I mean, now, like, thinking about that, what an unbelievable explanation. That's weak. <laughs> he was. I mean, when you watch the TV replay, like, Mills isn't even in the screen. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it had to be zone. When I first watched it, I'm like, right. it has to be zone. There's no one near him. Uh, they said it, they were playing man coverage on that snap. So he makes the catch. Then Mills, just a terrible... I mean, I don't know what he was doing. What was he doing? It would have been a first down anyway, but he just totally blows the tackle. Dexter McDougal tries to like... Dexter McDougal, who was... TNN. Oh, I didn't know where we were going. The new nickel, TNN. The new what? I just... Played about 85% of the snaps. Yeah. He was the, he was the nickel the entire game after being signed earlier this week, not being with the team all year. And uh, Avante Maddox was just sticking as the free safety. Uh, it seemed McDougal like he did. didn't kill him. You know, I, he, I didn't write McDougal's name down at all. He didn't except do for anything that wrong except for that play. Let's him yeah. get outside him. And he slipped, and so that lets Torrey Smith get. I guess that was the biggest play of the game. So a little bit of criticism. Yeah, but it's not yeah. like he was. Like, they were uh, just thrown at him. Other than that fourth down, how was your Titans game, yeah. Torrey Graham? Um, so he lets Torrey Smith get out. Get outside. He races. Uh, you know, up the, down the sideline. Thirty-five yard gain. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable play. And like, and I don't want to hear like, no offense, I don't want to hear Joe Banner telling me that the defensive line didn't get home enough tonight. Like, they got to Cam Newton on that play. You can't, you can't cover Torrey Smith across the middle of the field. Well, this is maybe my biggest, like, the big takeaway with this defense. Seven games in, it's like, if the defensive line doesn't just completely dominate right. the game every snap, the coverage has no chance. It feels like, yeah. I mean, that it wasn't eye-popping numbers from the D-line. You know, I think two sacks, six quarterback hits. Uh, the defensive backs did say the Panthers' adjustment in the second half was kind of getting the ball out quicker. Mm-hmm. They were going no huddle, all that. I don't know. Maybe Did the they... Eagles put Wiz back in the game at the, in the fourth quarter? Is that why they lost? <laughs> at first, I thought you might be serious. And I had to, I'm like, did I miss that? I didn't include that in my... That might uh, be why they lost. In my breakdown. All right, so then there was a third and two. And Jordan Hicks is on Christian McCaffrey. They run a little pick play. He gets totally picked off, nowhere near him. That ends up being a 22-yard gain. McCaffrey's so three explosive plays on, uh, on those drives. So then you have, uh, you know, that set up the touchdown to Greg Olson, a four-yard touchdown. And now you're trailing. You have a chance for the offense to win the game. Own 30, 117 left, two timeouts, first play, gift, not a gift because it was a legit call. It was a gift. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, Jeffrey was, it was open. the right call. Yeah. It was the right it call. It was the right yeah. call, and he was but open. A gift in like, what are the Panthers doing? And that doesn't often happen. That you get right. a forty-eight yard pass interference call to start a drive like that to so, set them up at the twenty-two. Yeah, that? exactly. You set them up at the twenty at the twenty-two. First and ten, one eleven remaining. At that point, I thought they were going to score and win the game. Did you? Not only did I think that they would. Oh, what did you do? Shield. I gotta tell you, we're gonna we're gonna go through this uh, set of plays here, but I don't think I didn't think this was ever gonna happen. Carson Wentz 
Great game until the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz is the Oscar the Grouch. Oh, wow. I did not see that coming. Garbage player of the game. Oh, my gosh. All I'm saying is that you are in that situation. You are one of the best quarterbacks in the league. you got to score. This defense has done nothing against you all game. He throws, he throws what should have been an interception. Okay. Then he throws badly into double coverage when he's got Wendell Smallwood wide open for the first down. You've got plenty more shots to take. He needs to be better situationally there. I love Carson Wentz. He's, I, think he is, I think he still is one of, if not the best, young quarterback in the game. Patrick Mahomes is putting on another show tonight. Who knows? <laughs> Side note. <laughs> he's got a score there. He has to. I agree. And normally I don't say, oh, he's got a score there if other people are screwing up. We had this argument with friend of the pod, Zach Berman, about the Titans game. I, give, I do not blame him uh, for the Titans game. But he got them down there. Punch it in. So, yeah, right. The first play is a uh, they run a play fake. And both Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz say they had a miscommunication on that play. Is that unbelievable in that spot? Come on. They had had, they were, Wentz was 9 for 10 throwing to Ertz until that throw. And of all times to have a miscommunication. I mean, he finished the game 30 of 37 for 310 yards and two touchdowns. I think it's like his fourth highest passer rating of his career. Yeah, I mean, he was unbelievable in this game. Yeah. Finish it off. So he misses he misses to Wentz. They have a miscommunication. Uh, Eric Reed nearly intercepts it. It gets overturned. You think, oh, they've got life. All right. They still got more opportunities. They had what a a run to Wendell Smallwood. Then this next play, I think, is the is the one that will keep Carson Wentz awake in that large yeah. bed of his tonight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, tossing and turning and tossing and turning and plenty of room over for and over and over. <laughs> He's like, that's how Casey gets across the room right now because he can't, he can't quite crawl. He can move backwards, but he know he can, he works his way around the room by just like rolling over several times in the direction he needs to go, and then like backing yeah. the truck up a couple. That's what Carson's going to be doing. He may tonight. be doing He's that. Explore every inch of that bed. <laughs> he may be doing that. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I think it was a too deep look. I don't know if it was cover two or two man or why. I think it was zone because. Well, we'll get to this. So, two guys on him. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey is, I mean, just doubled in the end zone. Wendell Smallwood, I'm sure everyone's seen the screen grabs. I mean, listen, both of us are willing to say don't put the game in Wendell Smallwood's <laughs> hands necessarily. However, yeah, he's wide open. He's wide open in the flat. Uh, to Wentz's credit, he said afterwards, probably shouldn't have forced the ball in there. I followed up and said, "Was there?" You know, yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm sure. I'm sure that Alshon was the first read, right? So if he thought he yeah. could fit it in, he's going to make that throw. He's not going to just automatically look at Wendell Smallwood. But anyway, go ahead. Well, he said he said if he's going to throw, he, he actually admitted to multiple mistakes on this play. So he said if he's going to throw it to Alshon, he's got to throw it higher to where he can just leap and no one else is going to get their hands on the ball and he can. Uh, he can catch it. I think that's the rule for quarterbacks, right? If it's the front of the end zone, throw it low. If it's yeah. the back of the end zone, throw it high. So he didn't do that. And then he admitted, you know, he has to look at the film, but there probably was another guy open on that play, which presumably was Wendell Smallwood. I mean, I, I don't know. That's the one screen grab. There could have been somebody else open too. And, you know, Doug Peterson kept alluding to after the game, like, you know, sort of making the plays that are there and not pressing. Mm. And I don't know if that's what he was referring to or not. So that was definitely a missed opportunity because if you get the first down there, you, pro- you probably have time. You have time probably to run four more plays. There you was 30, 31 have, seconds left. Have so you have four more opportunities at the end zone there. And then it comes down to fourth and two from the Panthers 14. They still had a timeout. Or do they two, have timeouts, two timeouts, I think. So two you timeouts. definitely have Yeah. Time. With 31 seconds left, the Panthers ran a stunt on the left side. Ah, the stunts get them again. Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson do not handle it well. Some traffic really looked like Alshon Jeffrey was behind Luke Keekley. Oh, really? And open on that play for what would have been Jeez. Uh, probably not a touchdown, but probably a first down. On that play, I'm curious to hear what, what Peterson and Wentz say. I mean, 
it wasn't like it wasn't one of these plays where he catches the ball and there's a guy in his face. There was some time. Should he have gotten rid of it sooner? Do they blame the protection? Was Jeffrey, in fact, open? Those are all questions that we will ask. Maybe Tory Smith pushed off. Maybe Tory Smith pushed off. <laughs> <laughs> pushed off. I'm having trouble speaking today. This still gets. This is still a kid-friendly. <laughs> I'm going to take a sip of water here. You. Uh... <laughs> he sure did. Uh, yeah. So uh, I agree that uh, that play was um, not as on Wentz as the third down play. But you probably still want him to get rid of the ball. It wasn't a good series for him. It wasn't a good series for and him. There and there were plays to the be most made. important series of the game. And there were plays to be made. What a strange game for him. I mean, lights out yes. until the end. That really, really just mirrors, I guess, the whole team i mean you know everybody the first three quarters like it was their most complete sort of no doubt uh stretch of the season perhaps against a qual you know a, a fairly quality opponent a team that will be in the mix to make the playoffs at least and you know it's unbelievable that they lost this game i mean wentz ripped it's his helmet off afterwards ran to the sideline which is like by himself in the locker room afterwards he's just got kind of his head down after he's dressed before his press conference it was so quiet in there uh the entire time uh what was the eagles locker room like i didn't get in there until the very end it, it was just very quiet very somber like the only noises were of like the uh equipment being chucked around mm. you had the Howie Roseman, Joe Douglas, Tom Donahoe, uh, Andy Weidel. I guess it's a okay. quartet. Okay. Uh, I'd like there, to watch that barbershop quartet. You had Corey Unlin in there talking to, like, Avante Maddox and some other players. Uh, Eugene Chung was talking to Brandon Brooks. No Jim Schwartz, huh? He's never in there. I didn't see him in there. I did see him as I was walking up, like, saying bye to some kind of guests of his. Okay. I guess, and, and probably with you his You let them family. call the fourth quarter defensively? Well, this is well. That's a good point because we should get to that because I, I think we, you know, was there any were there any schematic changes on either sure. side that led to this? And so what the Eagles said was they actually were not playing prevent; they were actually playing more man coverage. And the plays we just sort of outlined mm-hmm. did that did seem to be the case. And Jenkins indicated that it was to in case Cam Newton runs. So I guess that means put a spy on him because right. sometimes you think man coverage. Well, if you have your back to the line of scrimmage, it's easier to run zone. Everyone's got their eyes up front. It's easier to stop the running quarterback. So I'm not sure exactly what he meant uh, by that. I just read it in a transcript, but maybe they were spying Newton on some of those plays down the stretch. This defense, I like, can't play man coverage. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> you know, it, it's You're like, right. I mean, they're they're just going to lose one-on-one matchups over and over again. And this is not like the, you know, among the top 10 of pass-catching weapons or a passing offense in the NFL. So it's crazy. I mean, I can't even imagine what they're going to look like against the Saints or the Rams. Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah, I mean, mean, they might lose to the Rams by... Especially uh, if they are in situations where they have to play a man. I think they should onside kick every time they get the ball. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Or at least a shallow punt. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, the way they're constructed right now, it's just like, who are these corners going to stick with uh, one-on-one? I mean, I don't know that there's a a group of wide receivers in the NFL that they can stick with. So um, not just the defense, not just the offense. As we just went through there, there were just failures, I feel like, all around. I mean, I don't know if you feel strongly that – one side deserves more blame than the other or not. No, I agree. Failures all around. I mean, uh, there are people in, in the comments section on, on The Athletic calling for uh, Jim Schwartz's job, which I think is probably a bridge too far. You know, we have, we have disagreed a little bit on our relative faith in Jim Schwartz to write the defense. Me, me uh, liking him a little bit more than you do, as, uh, as it were. But, I mean... That was not a, a fourth quarter that certainly gives you much confidence. That said, next week against the Jaguars, hopefully shouldn't be much of an issue, and then you get a def- and then you get a bye. Maybe there's some. You're time counting that as a win already? Did you just watch the same team that yeah, I just watched? You're right. You're right. After, you crazy? after what Mariota did, I'm sure that Bortles can. Yeah, or Kessler. Or they Kessler. haven't named a quarterback for right. that game, so it could be anybody. Could be Foles. Yeah, you like I like that idea you had. Do you? I uh, think that the Eagles should consider being sellers. No. Okay. 
the division is still, I mean, I'm not saying they're definitely going to win the division, but the division is theirs for the taking. I mean, they still have uh, the Washington is what, 4-2? Right I mean, Washington is 4-2 and two and has a very easy schedule. I think they play one team over the last 10 games who currently has a winning record. But they could lose to teams with losing records. That's exactly, that means very little to me. That's exactly right. And I, they, I think if, you know, if the Eagles play as they should play, they would win the division. Well, I don't know. How should they play? I mean, this is a this is a team that just uh Yeah, I mean, you're right. There are flaws to this team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, the offense was moving it. the ball, but you finished with 17 points. Yeah. So like I, I agree. As uh what did what did Jim Schwartz say during his pre- no gold stars? Didn't he say something like that during his press conference last Maybe, week? Yeah. So yeah, no gold stars, I mean. Yeah, let's not break out the lollipops. Yeah, get in 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 2018 NFL your offense finishes with 17 points. Not going to cut it. Not going to cut it, regardless of how well um, you did move the ball. So, But again, you have five division games left. You get to play Washington twice. So you do get to control a lot of this. But you have to go to New Orleans. You have to go uh, to the Rams. It's like, I don't know what the ceiling is on on their wins right now. I mean, it doesn't feel like a team that's ready to go on a run. I'll tell you that well, much. Well, you know what? Let's just go, let's go right through the schedule. Oh, you love this. Do I? It's your jam. You know that Corey Clement in this game had eight carries for six yards? I saw that. That's wild. And he fumbled once. Yeah, that was ugly. And they didn't. They, they had Smallwood out there on that last drive. How about that? You're right. That's crazy now that I think that about it. That is crazy. All right, next week at Jackson, well, in London. You giving them a win? Oh, we're doing win-losses, okay. Um, I will give them a win, yes. They go on the bye. They come back with a game. Sunday night at home against the Cowboys. Are you writing this down or in your head or what? I'll write it down. I mean, you don't have to. Just I would like to know at the end what okay. we have them as. Uh, I have them beat. Uh, they beat the Cowboys. Okay. Next, at New Orleans. L. Big fat L. All right. For the, for the gamblers five. out there, see what the line is, right? See if you can bet on that right now if the line's not I too smoke big. Smoke that big fat L. <laughs> five, five, five and five. Home against the Giants on November 25th. Mm. Win. All right. Then they play Monday night against Washington. Mm. I mean, it all comes down to the division. I I think they should win that game. Okay. Then at Dallas. I'm probably giving them too much credit, but I'll say they, they win that game. I'm giving them a loss in that game. Well, they got to lose one... They're not going to go six and zero in the division. Okay, well I'm getting lost there. You think they're going to go four and two or five and one? That's the question. Well, let's find out. Ah, uh, put me. Yeah, you want to join Cowboys. me on the loss train? No, I can't. Do All right. That. Then at your boys, the McVeighs. Loss. Okay. Bet on that one right now if you can. All right. Uh, then return home to play the Houston Texans on the 23rd mm, of December, week that, 16. That's no gimme now. No gimme. Watson's going to be taking a bus. Yeah, he's going to be hitching a ride. He's going to be hitchhiking his way from Houston to Philly. By that point, it's going to be like... He's going to get here. They're going to drop him off when the the helicopter flies over the stadium. They're just going to drop him from there. For that game, he's going to be so beat up. They're going to be like, he couldn't travel in a regular bus. They had to get a hyperbaric chamber. And make make various stops. He the, left on Wednesday. The offensive line had to carry him. <laughs> they they did rotations of him. Unbelievable! On their what a stupid sport. <laughs> the guy can't freaking fly, and he's out there getting crushed by three hundred pounders. I'm, that's that's great for his long term health. All right, I'll I, give him a win. I think that's and a win. And then they close the season at Washington. I mean, I have to say, lost. Now, if that game's with, for the division on the line. I would imagine the Eagles would be favored, and I would probably like them at that point. But just for the sake of I need to give them one division loss, I'll, I'll have that as a loss. What do I have them as? You have them as 9-7. and seven. Wow, and I thought I was being generous. Okay, so I had them lose. Yeah. The, all it takes is losses to the Rams, the Saints, and one division loss. Oh, boy, they've dug themselves quite a hole. <laughs> that was a good exercise. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. They've already got four losses. I mean, they could win one of those games, but I would think at the Rams and at the Saints, maybe the only two games they're uh, underdogs in. Is there another one on there? Uh, 
I mean, maybe if they're playing like I mean, crap, playing it could like be at dog, Dallas or yeah. Washington. Yeah, but right now, like if the uh, odds makers put out the lines for the rest of their games, which they probably do, I would say as of right now, the Rams and the Saints would be the two. I bet games they might the be. I bet Washington might be favored in Week 17 right now. You think so? Right now, mm-hmm. maybe. You want to you put uh, one piece of lettuce on it? I don't know. What, what are you going to contact a bookmaker? Bookmaker, bookmaker, make me a book. <laughs> All right. So that's the state that they're in. Yeah. I mean, I think Margin that, for error I is... think Washington will screw up. So, I mean, it's just going to be like every week we're probably going to have the same conversations where, eh, they're not playing great, but ooh, Washington dropped yeah, this game. Yeah, but I mean, Washington is, is also going to get to feed off of the division. Right. That's. I just think it's yeah. going to like, yeah, it very well could come down to the end. All right. Didn't see this season coming. Do you have... I didn't... I, I did not see this coming. No. Oh, you did not see I it coming? I did not see it coming. I didn't I, see it coming in this fashion. Yeah. If they would have just lost and, you know, the Panthers come out and are playing really tough from the get-go. Yeah, what's up with this team that won the Super Bowl last year, like, not knowing how to play in the end of games? Like, what's up with the bad situational awareness? What's up with a poorly coached team on both sides of the ball? You want to hear what Doug Peterson says it is? Sure. Number one, I think no one has really given us a chance anyway. Whether That's we're a great headline. Whether we're putting pressure on ourselves to perform, to play, whatever it is, live up to a certain expectation, I think it's at that point where I think no one has given us that type of, maybe with the amount of injuries or whatever it is, given us much credit going into games. What do you think about that? What are you doing, the underdog thing again? They're cheese trying to do it again. I wasn't at his press conference. I was talking to players in the locker room. You were working on your story. It seemed like the reporters did a nice job of pressing him on that. I think Zach Berman was like, you're the Super Bowl champs. You really think there's no pressure on you? And he said, and he kind of backed off a little bit and said, maybe it's pressure we're putting on ourselves. But uh, I don't know. Those are some really weird quotes, I thought. Yeah, and he said something about this takes the pressure off now. Like, are you new to this town? <laughs> and you're the defending Super Bowl champs with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, you know, oh, I, no one's given us enough credit. I'll cut you, a, wear, you wear you wear that you know your Super Bowl stuff around all the time. How about how about showing it? Does that make sense? Was that a bad sentence? I think it's I know what late. you mean. I think I know what you mean there. <laughs> I mean, I will, I'll cut him a little bit of slack. I think. Right after a game. Yeah, I mean, he's probably furious. Your team just like... Yeah. I don't know what the word is, That's a, the phrase that's appropriate, but just totally blew it. Epic meltdown, and you have to go and give some sort of reasoning for it. Yeah, that's and, true. And uh, that's all you come up with, I think, on... Well, so- what happened to having a game plan every time you go into a press conference? That's true, actually. Good point. Uh, I think in subsequent press conferences, I'll probably back off that a little bit, but... Uh, that is weak. I mean, give me give you credit for what? You're three and four. <laughs> give you credit Marcus for what? Marcus Mariota's you blew picking two, your ass you apart. You blew two 14-point second-half leads. Yeah. I mean, what do you want credit for? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, congratulations. Let me give you credit for finding a creative way to blow this game. I mean, pressure. Jabroni. It's freaking week seven. Yeah. You played in a Super Bowl against <laughs> Belichick and Brady, and this pressure is too much for you? This team that that's this team that stinks. Christian McCaffrey blows, as I've always said, beats nobody. They've got like Tory Smith, their leading receiver. You traded him for a guy you cut after two days. Yeah, good point. Uh, all right, can I crush Peterson for something else? Crush your P. First, I want to crush people who are coming back at me on Twitter about this because you're so wrong. Like, who is a fan who's like? I thought it was a great idea to punt there. Boy, I love when my team just takes a knee at oh, the end of the half. Oh, my God. I, well, uh, be safe there. You don't, like, what are you doing? Who likes to watch football like that? That was pathetic. That was pathetic. What happened to, as you said, fearless? You said, once again, no <laughs> balls dug. I mean, listen, he talked this week about how the reason that you... <laughs> you, you, you right, this might be a step too far. But birds with friends, book burning. <laughs> Who's with me? 
I like that. All right, that's a step too I like far. that. I'll Go tell ahead. you what I feel bad for is, is Zach Berman. His book is coming out now. Oh, at least he called underdogs. it. Underdogs. Well, he called yeah. underdogs. That's good. It's yeah. good timing. They were good, underdogs Good again. thing Fearless was taken. Uh, yeah. Doug Peterson talked this week about the reason that he defers and wants the ball in the second half, which is the right thing to do, is because it gives you a chance to get an extra possession. Okay, that's fine. They don't, they're, they're not going to get that this time because the Panthers have the ball to start the second half. So you have this opportunity to even up the possessions. You've got two minutes plus with, what, two timeouts left. I'll give so it to what? You. You're backed up against the six-yard line. That defense hasn't stopped you all game long. And you give up? You're up 10 nothing, 2-10 left at your own four. Like, who cares? People are, oh, if they were at their own 20, it's 16 yards. Like, who cares? Who cares? Unbelievable. They run the ball three straight times. Which, like... No. I don't, do not have this take. I don't like it. I don't like it. But you've still there's lots of time left. You've got the two timeouts. I understand the caution a little bit. And you say, okay, if we can pick up this first first down, then we can put the pedal to the metal because then the Panthers aren't going to have enough time even if they call, t- call their timeouts. That said, like... That's some Jason Garrett BS right yeah, there. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, give me a break. You're at your own four. You should think, all right, I got 210 to go 96 yards and Let's score a go. touchdown. Your quarterback had thrown two incompletions in the first half. I think he had 198 passing yards. Pathetic. Up to that point. The Panthers could not do anything. So first of all, that's terrible. Do not start out a drive with that nonsense. Play. I mean, talk about that's playing the lose. Give me a break. So you do that. You get a first down. All right. So now you say, okay, well, now maybe we'll, uh, we'll actually try something here. So after the three first downs, you have the, I mean, sorry, the first down, the three runs, the screen to Smallwood, 51 yards, gets called back because of a Brandon Brooks holding. So penalty. are we still killing them if, they, if there's no holding on that play and they get 51 yards there? I would be killing them less. Are we being unfair then? No, because then did you see what they did after that? Yeah, I mean, they... they, they uh... You had a first and 13 from your own 11. There's one minute left. You have two timeouts. You can't be aggressive and try to get a field goal there. They throw a three-yard pass, and then they run the ball, and then they go in at halftime. Pathetic. I mean, Pathetic. Ev- everyone's coming back at me with the, uh, you know, the situation and all this. Let me remind you, the Vikings game last year, they were at their own 20 with 29 seconds left. Amen. There was a coach in that game named Doug Peterson. He stayed aggressive. He bragged about it in his book. Bragged about it. Talked about how the Jaguars turtled at the end of their half against Ripped the Ripped Doug Marone about it. Ripped him. Said, said coaches at the Combine are coming up, hey, how about this aggressiveness thing you're doing? That's pretty cool. I told them, yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Try it sometime. I got this sweet head of hair. <laughs> 29 seconds left. They threw the ball. They kicked a field goal. I mean, the Panthers were getting the ball back to start the second half. Like you said, you're only up 10 nothing. It's not like you're, I mean, Well, uh, here's the thing that I'll say. It's not like three points would have helped him in this game. I'm being facetious? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's what you I was think, thinking you, you about. Think maybe they could have used three points at exactly. the end of the game. Exactly, yeah. That's what I was thinking about at the end of the game. They, they certainly could have used that. So, uh, I mean, that is really my bit. And this is, like, I feel like every podcast we're talking about the end of half. Every po- the end of the half, what is going on? And this this might need a longer, uh, like a deep dive or something. I mean, you asked me what I think they uh, about the self scouting thing. My gosh, I hope after this Jaguars game, like somebody on that coaching staff is like, "Yo, Doug, maybe Frank Reich can call him back. <laughs> maybe he needs a little little powwow with Frank Reich. Go to Indy during the bye week, meet with him. I mean, that just it really annoys me." That was they're, really they're, weak. Like, they've been bragging about being so aggressive. And then, all right, fine. Even if you say, all right, well, it's kind of a 50-50 spot. Fine, you're the aggressive team. So yeah. you are the ones who should be going for that. Yeah. And there's this whole sort of, uh, you know, psychological effect that he believes in in terms of, oh, you know, the players, the offensive players Maybe want to go for lost. in those spots. And it's true. Like, last year, all the players would be like, yeah, I just love that he believes in us. It, you know, the analytics stuff has probably been overplayed. I think he thinks, all right, the offensive players, they like that I show I believe in them, that builds over time, and then you're going out there and doing that BS at the end of the half. Maybe that's why they lost. They didn't think he believed in them. Maybe. All right. 
What else we got here? Yikes. All right, let's Zach get off. Let's get off. Okay, yeah, go with Zach Ertz. in this game. He's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Nine catches for 138 yards. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, again, looks great. Seven catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar, uh, this is another Cole Beasley performance out of him. Six catches for 20 yards. There will yards. be another good uh, sort of, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. It doesn't feel like he's playing, like he had the one bad game, but it doesn't feel like he's yeah. getting opportunities that he's screwing up. Right. Yeah, maybe we should look at look at those numbers maybe uh, this week, although it's tough. I mean, the passing game was working. They were completing passes yeah. all over the place. It's just weird that it hasn't really been him. Zach Ertz, second in the NFL with 57 catches right now. That's not he's just on, among tight ends. He's on pace to have the most receptions in NFL history for a tight end. 618 yards. That's fourth among all players. He's 236 yards away from setting a new career high, and we're not even at game eight. There's a good chance I, for, I forget. I apologize to whoever tweeted this out. Maybe it was. It might have been uh, the official ombudsman, Brandon Lee Gowden. But he, there's a there's a very realistic chance that Zach Ertz will end up as the career reception leader for the Eagles. Interesting. Yeah. Joe Giglio said Hall of Fame. He's on pace. He's he's going to pass Selleck like pretty soon. Okay. Uh, want a little number here? Love a number. In the fourth quarter. The Eagles' offense this year, three and outs on 28.6% of their drives, the worst rate in the National Football League. Good one. Think of how, te- how many terrible That's offenses there one. are. And like, so, That's a good point. So listen, no one likes crushing the defense more than me. We know that. But my gosh. That's absolutely right. They've had, all these, they've had a lot of opportunities. Even in the games they've won, they've had opportunities to put games away. Three of and they've 12. they've not done it. On third down in this game. Not good. Ah, that's a good stat. All right, ready for my favorite quote from the uh, locker room? I love a quote. So Fletcher Cox said this was, Fletcher Cox got through healthy now. That's true. Okay. Good point. Uh, good point. He said this was the worst loss of his career, so somebody asked Chris Long if it was the worst loss of his career. And he said... I've lost like 200 effing times in this league. <laughs> so this is down the line somewhere. I have no idea. This is down the line somewhere. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. He was not happy after the game. Uh, I'm trying to. There weren't a lot of people in there. A lot of people exited very yeah, quickly. Yeah, by the time I got there, there was. Yeah. There were Malcolm three Jenkins, Chris Long, Zach Ertz, like Fletcher Cox. Russell Douglas, I got. That's who you can count on uh, after a game. Carson Wentz, season stats, completing 70.8% of his passes, averaging 7.7 yards per attempt, has thrown 10, 10 touchdowns and one interception. I mean, five weeks ago, if I would have told you this yeah. would be his, these would be his numbers, you'd be like, oh, they're the number one seed in the NFC. Right. That's wild. He's an MVP. I mean, these numbers are better than last year. Like, the completion percentage is up like 10 points. And he's averaging more yards per attempt. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's insane. They're just finding ways to lose these games. And yet, when the chips are down, it's true. Twice, they've not gotten the job done. That's true. I think this is. I think there's a good chance that we'll look back on uh, complaining about Carson Wentz's end of game performance, sort of like we look back on complaining about his deep ball throws last year. I agree. I think that's pro- it's probably something that's going to correct itself. At the same time, while we're in the moment, I'm going to complain about it. Okay. I'm going to grouse about it. Cam Newton, second half. 21 for 30 for 245 yards. Wow. <laughs> 245 yards in the second half. That means he had 24, in the 24 first. yards passing yeah. in the first half. Yeah, wow. that's what my math says. It very well could be incorrect. No, that's correct. Okay. Uh, let's see. Anything else I got? I think the ball security is the biggest. Uh, my biggest concern with Wentz. 15 fumbles yeah. since the start of 2017, fourth most in the NFL. Ex-DFOP and current DFOP, Sunset Jazz has uh, done a good job of showing his fumble rate. It's yeah. Historically bad. Yeah. Okay. He, needs to, he needs to clean that up. Yeah, I mean, you want to – it's like if this offense could just – Get out of its own way? Yeah, like avoid the sacks. Like that sack rate had been down for a couple of weeks. Now, you know, this, today I think it was sacked four times. And don't fumble. It's amazing what they would be able to do, I feel like. Maybe. Yeah, if they can also avoid three and outs. That's true, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. It's not just those. You're right. It's not. I mean, you those are part of the game with a three and out, too. 
Yeah. I wonder where they rank in just overall three and outs. Uh, well, the first three quarters, they rank 15th. So they're okay. middle of the pack. So overall, adding the fourth quarter, yeah, I would have to look that up. Okay. Uh, all right, so if you, uh, what do you think the best profession would be for your spouse to have? Ooh, it's a clean one. segue right there. Yeah, that's good. Well, I can give you mine first if you want to think about it. I mean, the best is like uh, heiress. Okay. Heiress. Right. To like, which, uh, to like a throne or a fortune or what? Just to a fortune. Okay. Probably, right? Well, I would go physical therapist over there. <laughs> okay. Fruits and glues. I got this IT band issue. Yeah. I was I was I was uh, walking down and I I think I, I pulled something. I was really laboring down in the locker That's room. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're this old. Yeah. Like stuff just starts to happen. I felt like I actually I sort of felt like Deshaun Watson, like I was playing through <laughs> something as I was as I was sitting are, there and Derek Reed. You can take a ship to London. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so you know, I'm doing all this like online research, and one place is telling me foam roll, the other place is saying don't foam roll. One place is saying stretch it out, other place is saying. Don't stretch it out. One place is saying it's the hamstring. Others saying it's the glutes. Others saying it's the quad. All I know is the right side, like of my leg. I'm like walking with a limp. Mm. And so, at one point, I had this issue, and I went to a physical therapist, and they're just like, they know what to do to that bad boy. They're just going to town on it. Like, I'm feeling this good type of pain. You think that if your wife was a physical therapist, she wants to come home from work and work on you? Yeah, absolutely. No partnership. How about I got one? You want someone who can afford to get you a live-in physical therapist whose job it is to keep you tip-top shape, or maybe a physical therapist who's not practicing but has the love for it, Mm. and so they're not getting their because they won the lottery, they don't have to work anymore. They're retired, and so then, and so then I'm doing like the foam roll, and then all of a sudden I feel a pinch in my back. Like there's, and I'm I'm not like I'm I'm old, but I'm not that old. This is only going to get worse. Well, I mean, right now you're in the semifinals. Yeah, but if I could get somebody to tell me, all right, here's what you should do, I feel like that would be a very helpful profession. We have a scouting report on your semifinals. Opponent? I don't know. They haven't played yet, so I, it's, oh. I have someone who I think it's going to be. But oh, they haven't played. Okay, they haven't played yet. So and you got to get the match in before London. I thought I did, but I don't know. Okay, it's getting late early. That's right. Is that what they say? Yeah, I like that. Right. I have a question for you. Tell me, tell me if this is odd behavior. Okay. Probably there's a there's a potential felony involved, so I don't want to give oh, this, the specifics right. of got dark of the person involved. Let's say as someone I know very well, uh, like most people these days, frequents Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So a package arrived to this person's house, and you know, a- among several other Amazon packages, they opened it up, only to realize that this was actually a package for the neighbor. Okay, so they you know. Apologize, you know, package it back up, gave it back to the neighbor, whatever. But tell me if if this is odd. What was in that package was oh gosh, no, 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 was a single can of Pringles. (laughs) What really? Is that odd? Of course, that's odd. (laughs) I thought it was like very odd, but then I started to think like maybe. I don't know. Was it something where there was like you order this an and add-on you get, item? You get yeah. a, you get a free That's can of Pringles with it, and it just ships separately. Or it could have just maybe the Pringles just came, like came in that it was a part of a larger order. Right. I mean, it's still a bit odd. It's still first it's, of all, it's the it's the inferior chip. Well, of course. Who's but who's ordering a solo can of Pringles? And like chips are really available. <laughs> You know, yeah. Like, well, don't else, get me wrong. I get very lazy and order all kinds of stuff. Someone else stuff. said maybe it's like, is, are there kinds of, are there flavors of Pringles that are only available online or at least not readily available? I don't know. I don't need that garbage. Get a real chip. It tastes like sawdust. Chip in a bag. Give me a that's chip weird, in a bag. though, right? We're allowed to yeah, think that's, that's weird. weird. Yeah, that's weird. No okay. doubt. I really, when you said opened it up, I was like, <laughs> oh gosh, he's gonna get fired. What is this gonna be? A uh, couple. Let me see what else I wrote down here, uh, notes wise. There was the flyover of the uh, the helicopters that were late and didn't make any noise. Rich cracked me up by saying, "What was the point of that?" That was fun. Uh, you had the line of the day. What was that? You had the line of the day when, and I give you credit because you, you got it quickly. It was uh, Cam Newton threw a, a wobbly pass towards the sideline, 
and it just sort of sailed past Dexter McDougal. Mm. And it looked like he it looked like he could have easily intercepted it and then it just watched it go over his head. And he said, Oh, thirty it must it must be the jersey number, thirty four, he lost it in the lights. Yeah. That was a good line. Pop. All right, I gotta respond to Pistol Pete about an edit. So keep talking. Okay. Uh, I thought you used uh, want some of that smoke well. You, at one point, Jordan Hicks was going after somebody. He said, oh, he wants some smoke, huh? So I'll give you credit for that. Uh, oh, you said you have a McCaffrey take for the pod. Well, we'll, we'll let you finish yeah, typing. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, I'll get to that in a minute. We had a nice, uh, nice day yesterday meeting the, uh, the Capaya family and the McManus family out at, uh, at Fall Disney World. Which, boy, what a scene. I've never seen anything like it. I can't really, I don't know if I can carry this monologue, but it was, I've never seen so many people in one place at once. And the best part was that when we walked in, there was a, there was a little kid who goes, there's like a hundred people here. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's it it even more than that, my, my little buddy friend. Quite a sight there at Linvilla Orchards. Yeah, it was, uh. Casey, uh, Really enjoyed mostly two things, Leela and oh. and just putting his hands on different fences. Oh yeah, he he did enjoy the fences. Yeah. The animals he could take or leave. You did the uh, tried and true uh, move with the two and a half year old. The give me a high five and then pretend it hurts. Oh, yeah. which she recalled later in the night as oh, yeah? something she enjoyed. Oh, good. So that was good. We did the hayride. She's got a good, good high five. We did the hayride, which featured uh, two nice witches telling jokes with thick Delaware County accents. <laughs> nice. Which was really an amazing yeah. experience. They gave it a free cookie, so that was nice. Uh, all right, my McCaffrey take. Yeah. So I was thinking, so when was McCaffrey selected? Can you look this up? I, I think eighth overall. Eighth overall, like what a waste of a pick. So they it reached a point in that game. I think this was when the Eagles were up seventeen nothing. Where I'm like, he stinks. He's had no impact on this game. And then I was yeah. thinking, like, think about last week and yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. All right. Granted, point. I still don't think that was a great pick, and he was second overall. But for a top ten running back, yeah. like he better look like Saquon Barkley looked like last week. He looked like just another guy. Yeah, and I mean, they're the. The line, the the thought that they peddle is that he's not just a running back; he's a receiver. And yeah, I mean, he had seven carries for twenty nine yards and six catches for fifty one yards. But it's not like he's making a, the impact of a top ten wide receiver either. He's I mean, just, he's a little slot guy. He's like a combination yeah. of Cole Beasley and uh, you know homeless Darren Sproles. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean eight and a half yards per reception. That's fine. He's not having the impact. He's having the impact of a good pass catching running back in the NFL. Not. I mean, listen. I'll, imagine if Barkley was on this team. Yeah, good point. It'd be terrifying. Cam I and mean, Barkley. <clears throat> I love Darren Sproles and his remarkable career as much as anybody. If you could go back in time, would he have been a top ten pick? No. Even knowing what he did, he wouldn't be a top ten pick. And Christian McCaffrey is going to be lucky to have half that career. Yeah. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Okay. That was my take. Yeah. I just couldn't believe, like, what, like, you don't even notice him out. Like, you could have put, yeah. you know, one of, like, 25 different NFL jerseys right. on him, and you'd be like, right. okay, that guy's fine. He's an NFL running back. Nothing more. So should we talk about the Eric Reed, Malcolm Jenkins stuff? If you want, or you can just have people read it. I don't know how much it lends itself to podcasting, but why don't you tell well, us? Well, we can talk about it. I mean, obviously, okay. the story is before the game started. Uh, as... we, we're probably not going to talk about anything else, right? This is it? That way yeah, if people... What else you got? No, I got nothing else. That way if people are like, eh. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that we're going to sneak in some other piece of okay, side conversation. Right. But, yeah, I mean, feel free to turn it off if yeah. you want to turn it off. <laughs> that's always... So that's an open offended. invitation. <laughs> right. uh, so before the game... Eric Reed starts John at Malcolm Jenkins. Eric Reed is not a captain, so he's just forcing his way out there. Uh, we know coming into this game that that they had a fallout over the uh, handling of the Players Coalition. Eric Reed earlier this season, when he signed with the Panthers, called the Players Coalition an NFL-funded subversion group. 
So he and Malcolm Jenkins start jawing at each other. Torrey Smith gets in the middle of it. Uh, and then there were some other incidents throughout the game. Eric Reed dumped Carson Wentz after a handoff. Then Zach Ertz comes screaming at him. And he uh, credit to Eric Reed that like his takedown of Zach Ertz is pretty impressive. Um, he was sort of a, seemed like a wild man most of the game. And then after the game in the locker room, he called Malcolm Jenkins a sellout. A, uh, a what did he call him? A uh, a neo colonialist. That's right. Uh, and all over, all over, sort of the handling of uh, the the players' coalition. I think a lot of this stuff has already been out there. That uh, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, the league, the the deal that they struck with the league for eighty nine million dollars over seven years or whatever. That is sort of too generic causes was not really the point of the initial protest by Colin Kaepernick and and Eric Reed. Eric Reed specifically uh, protests also to the fact that Kaepernick wasn't more involved in the process and that it wasn't Jenkins' fight to begin with. Meanwhile, like the rest of the players who were involved say that Colin Kaepernick was sort of given the opportunity all along to uh, have a seat at the table and kept sort of denying that opportunity so it's a bit of a he said she said he said he said thing uh but eric reed was obviously still very angry about it and voiced that displeasure and uh malcolm jenkins for his part did not return serve and said you couldn't pay me anything to talk bad about those guys uh you know i'm not gonna i'm very proud of them for the work that they do so he sort of takes the high road and listen i think that they uh, they are both allowed to be right here. I think that Eric Reed has a lot of actually uh, good points. I think there are a lot of things that he's probably right about. I think that there are a lot of things that Malcolm Jenkins is right about. I think there's probably a call for pragmatism at times, and uh, there's no nothing to stop people from protesting further. Uh, but you know, two guys who obviously have a history and the egos. Uh, got in the way and uh, spilled that onto the field and in the locker room. Yeah, it's t- I don't have like a strong take on this. Like you said, it's a complicated sort of uncomfortable situation. We're on the outside. You know, I think our first thought is why can't these two guys just get in a room, have everyone pulling in the same direction, and obviously different methods have been tried and nothing has worked. Like, in the, you know, in the movies, in the TV, that's uh, you right. know, that's how you hope it would work. But uh, in real life, it doesn't always work that way. Obviously, there's a, a lot of animosity there. I mean, Eric Reed was running onto the field, um, you know, before, before the game, the game even yeah. starts, going after Malcolm Jenkins, you know, just to yell at him. And then they get separated. And even after that first series, I think, you know, Reed was jawing at the Eagles sideline and uh, – yeah, he was not. A, I would say he was not a happy camper in the locker room. Reed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you were doing a nice job uh, asking those questions, as we saw in the yeah. video. I think it demanded. You know, it, it it called for some type of explanation, and you know, he said no, and you asked it a different way, and he said no, and then you asked it a different way, and finally he comes out and says a little bit something. You, you're right. I thought Jenkins did the right thing. You know, I think he doesn't want to make it. He doesn't want the headline tomorrow, even though mm-hmm. it's going to be anyway, to be about the feud between. Those two, that's sort of been his thing all along. He doesn't want the headlines to be about the protesting um, or the, you know, this stuff off to the side. He would rather be it be about the issues that he is trying to bring awareness to. So I think we know for a fact that Eric Reed could never have been an option for this team when they needed yeah. safety depth. I mean, I I right. probably can go as far as to say his brother, Justin Reed, probably wasn't, I don't know. That might have been Maybe. a very tricky situation yeah. as well. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't want to say that yeah. Justin Reed's feelings are the same as his brother, but, I mean, there's legit animosity between uh, between the two camps that sort of spilled over today and will be a probably a pretty big story for the next uh, 48 hours nationally. Yeah, I think that's right. And beyond that, I feel like I'm probably inadequate at uh, – as am I. Discussing the, the Although that doesn't real, stop us on, general, on other topics, but uh, this one's a little more serious. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. London week. London, here we come. I'll be going on Thursday. You'll so, be joining on. Yeah, I'll be going Thursday night into Friday morning. I'll be Friday going morning. Thursday morning yeah. into Thursday night. The Eagles will have a regular schedule in Philadelphia. They will leave Thursday 
night, Thursday late afternoon, right? I think. Yeah. After they think they're doing sort of what, what uh, we're doing or what I'm doing. Okay. Is, is the Thursday night into Friday morning. They'll do some shorter meetings. Uh, they have to kind of power through once they get there on Friday. They'll you know have a little little practice and stuff, and then uh, I think their goal is that Friday night everyone relax and get caught up and uh, rest your bodies type deal and get ready for the game on Sunday, which will be 9.30 Eastern time, local time. Um, Either 2.30 or 3.30, I don't even Philadelphia, know. Philadelphia, so. I, uh, I think there probably is something to the Jaguars having an advantage, having gone through this several times in the past. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the time to, I don't think the flight's that big of a deal. I mean, because right. they fly to the West Coast all the time, but the a time difference that significant and a different schedule and uh yeah unf- i mean i don't know how much they'll do other right. than hang out at their hotel and uh and practice over there but uh we'll find out yeah i'm sure they'll use it as an excuse if they lose podcast wise <laughs> we are likely to have a, a bit of an elongated tuesday episode <laughs> and then birds with friends radio on wednesday and then we'll see you after the game We've and got- we may we may do a meetup We've gotten, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Not quite there. Yeah. So keep letting us know. Keep letting us know. Or it may be an impromptu, which would really mess you up because you can't plan around it. So if you want it to be a non-impromptu, then you got to let us know. Good point. All right. All right. Any more thoughts? Uh, Any more thoughts now? Okay, let's do it. I feel like I really was able to spill a lot of them out there. Okay. Thanks for listening to Birds with Friends, everybody. As always, for Shield, I'm Bo, and we love you.